Love Talk Radio. Money is spent, a little bit of bag of food, and your baby need a pair of shoes. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I tell you what you ought to do. Jesus can work it out if you let him. Dying with him. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, y'all can hear me on this evening. I know that Pastor is on. Pastor, can you hear us? Um, I don't know what happened with Pastor. I know he was just on. Right. Well, we can we can get started. Uh, Minister Tober, is there anything special that I need to say before we start Bible study? Uh, what I'll do is, um, in the meantime, as we wait to see um, what may have happened with uh, Pastor. Um, Pastor, if you hear us, just join in. But I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in um, tonight on Bible study. Uh, Chaos Blog Talk. Uh, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity. Um, thank everyone for listening. Um, Praise Tabernacle. Um, and we'd like to just get ready, get everyone's hearts and minds uh, prepared for a Bible study on tonight. And we definitely have a great speaker, um, and she's going to be giving us the word here shortly. Um, and we do know, I believe last week we weren't on, but however, we'll be on tonight. And everybody, um, of course, just if you got your Bible, get your Bible, pull it out, um, get tuned in. Um, if not, you can, of course, listen the way that you are right now, um, or just grab your phone, tablet, whatever's convenient to be able to follow along. And uh, with everyone that's on the panel, um, I'd like to thank all everyone that's listening um, that's on the panel again, and once the pastor gets in, um, definitely can feel you know feel free to take over at any point. But at this time, can y'all, um, can y'all hear me? Yes. yes oh, well, here you now, Pastor. Okay, I don't know what I was just talking away. All right, go ahead, Mister Toby. Go ahead. You good? Go ahead. Oh, I mean, only thing I was going to do was get ready to uh, just introduce our speaker. Um, yes, at this time, uh, we got Sister Bugs, Evangelist Bugs. It's going to be giving us um, the word on tonight and going over our um, lesson on tonight. So before we get into the word, uh, definitely do a quick prayer, and then we'll turn it over to Sister Bugs to be able to get our Bible study started. 
unless our pastor is going to say anything else. Uh, okay. Lord Jesus, I'd like to thank you, Lord, just for a, a wonderful night. Lord, thank you for everything. Um, even beginning to come together on tonight, Father God, thank you for everyone that decided to tune in wherever they are, Lord, and however they may be listening, Lord. Thank you um, for all hearts and minds that decided to uh, just tune in to be able to get more of a word, get a better understanding. And on tonight, Lord, I ask that you would uh, just sing your Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, especially to work on your speaker and give her the words um, to be able to teach, uh, teach your people, Lord, and um, allow us to be able to get an understanding on tonight, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you for all input that's going to be there, Lord. I ask that you would continue to give all the wisdom uh, on tonight, Lord, for that comes from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Service into the hands of Phantom's book. Thank you, Minister Tobert. Um, as y'all can hear, I have my usher on tonight. Emerson is with me, and she is making sure that everyone in church is doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so I just want to apologize right now in advance for any any noises that she makes. Um, so we are picking up from Ephesians 4 when we did Bible study together in, in January, um, and we were talking about being countercultural, being set apart, being firm in our faith, and walking in a manner that's worthy of the calling. And so we are picking up from that part of Ephesians 4. Um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to start with 15 through 16. And so I just want to remind everyone what we've discussed so far was how as believers there are some things that have to unite us and there are certain non-negotiables about what it means to be a Christian because we are living in a time where everything goes and you do what makes you happy. And on Sunday we heard Pastor speaking about a new me and how the old has passed away. And there's no coincidence that it happened this way because, as we know, um, this word is supposed to come forth last Tuesday, um, but here we are this Tuesday, and it's still something that God is trying to tell us here. So I just think it's nothing but God is what we have to talk on tonight because we're talking about who we are as new people. So we're still continuing that conversation about the new me. Um, and so we were discussing before about the body and how the body reacts when it's sick. And when there's invaders, there's germs, there's people who sound or even act like Christians but are truly not bond servants of Christ and not living their lives in a way that show the working of the Holy Spirit um, and the unity of our faith. And so that's our recap and our summary from our last Bible study. So on tonight we're going to go ahead and look at Ephesians 4:15, and I'm reading it in the ESV version, and it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
And in this scripture, it very clearly tells us what to do when we see an invader or someone who is not a Christian. Um, It tells us that love is the key, and we have a spiritual responsibility to grow up and mature. And not only are we growing up and maturing, but we're also supposed to hold each other accountable. In Ephesians 4.1, it says, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, we teach each other, sharpen, and correct each other. And so when we go against this cultural norm to cut off, block, even emotionally blow up or cancel or reject a person, as that's what our society and our culture says is normal when you're upset, just cut them off. We are putting his will and his way above our own, and we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in love as we counsel, correct, sharpen, and teach the ones around us in the body of believers. And so as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, we all have to walk in a way and in a manner that is worthy of the position that we have been called to, to help the church look more like Christ. And the body has now a spiritual, the body, the church as a whole, we have a spiritual now hiring sign. Because people are not not walking in a way um, that is honoring Christ, not walking in a way or in a manner that is worthy of Christ. And there are people that could fill out this application. There are people who could fill out and fill in these spiritual positions that we have void, spiritual positions where there's openings, but there's people in the body of the church that aren't living in a way that is walking and worthy of the calling. They're not walking with the right shoes on. And so for some of us, if we've been in church for a long time, you know, it can feel like there's a high turnover rate where people just come and go because some of people abandon the call on their life. And so, you know, we know that God calls different people to different places. Um, you know, there's a time in the season, so I'm not speaking to every person in the church, but there's some people who have just abandoned the call that God has placed in their lives because they don't want to walk in that way anymore. You know, that's what I'm speaking to. And so as the body grows stronger, we have to live out Ephesians 4.1 in order for us to do that. And we have to speak the truth in love because that's how Jesus did it. And just because he did it in love doesn't mean that he was soft about it. He may have had to have been firm in what he was saying, but he was doing it in a way that was coming from the love of a savior, the love of someone who came to save the world, to forgive the world, not to condemn the world. And so we have to use that same love with each other and admonish each other and help each other because the world watches that. And people see that, and other believers notice that, and that's how we lift Christ up. That's how we honor him with our lives, when the way that we interact with each other is with that same love. And when we don't abandon the truth, 
that's when the world begins to notice, and that's when other believers begin to notice. When we model his life, that is how the body grows up to look more and more like Christ, and that's how we show that he is the head and he controls us as the body. And when we don't respond how the world says or thinks that we should respond from man, man's wisdom, we begin to be the light in the darkness. Um, and if you've been in church for a long time, you might know people that have had the same face that they did when they were 15. They are still spiritual babies and have not matured much in the faith. They might be spiritually drinking Red Bulls and eating Takis for breakfast. Um, as a high school teacher, I have high school and middle school teacher. I have middle schoolers, high schoolers, that seven in the morning, those kids are eating Takis. Eight in the morning, eating Takis, and I'm just like, how is your stomach not upset? And they're drinking the Celsius because they need energy. And we all know that eating spiritually junk food is not going to sustain us or fulfill us, or we even know believers that only come to church every Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas, um, that they just need a little bit of Jesus just to last a year. If they check off the boxes on those major holidays and they've done what they needed to do, we know as believers that that kind of diet leads to spiritual deficiencies and starvation. Just like if you went without food for a long time, your body would develop deficiencies. You start lacking vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D. The spiritual body would suffer as well if we were living in a life that is apart from Jesus and his word as believers. And I'm not talking about people who don't believe. I'm talking about people who do believe. And so how can we be spiritually full if we're only eating three times a year. And there has to come a point when we spiritually have to start watching what we eat and we have to put the bad stuff down and eat more of the good stuff. And that's the low-calorie, high-fiber, nutrient-rich vitamins and minerals, the superfood, probiotics, antioxidant stuff, the stuff that is good for us that keeps the body regulated and moving and performing the way that it's supposed to do. And that that thing that we should be eating is the word of God. And so when we do this, that ensures that each part of the body will function and not attack itself because it appears to be an imposter. We're not eating and doing what we're supposed to do, then we get out of order, we stop functioning, and then the body sins antibodies to go and attack that posture and remove that imposter and we start to turn on each other or even you'll slow the progress of the body down by clogging spiritual arteries and restricting holy blood flow because our humanness is resisting the work of the Holy Spirit so spiritual needs are not being met and spiritual needs are being neglected because there's people in the body that are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work through them and work in them. So then we have areas where needs need to be met, but the people are not being raised up or don't feel the call or the need to respond to the call to do more in the body. And so that good for us, healthy stuff, is, like I said, it is the word of God. It has to shape us and mold us and has to cut out the bad parts and replace it with the goodness of God. As Pastor was saying on Sunday, that we have to get rid of the old. We have to let the old go. We can't let the old stick around. And when we are filled with the word of God, 
it's our daily bread. There's a reason why Jesus uses the food analogy with the word of God. It sustains us, it nourishes, nourishes us, and it keeps us going. And when we're doing that, when we're taking in our daily bread, we have what the other person needs. We have what the ministry needs. We have what the church needs. When individuals are doing what they're supposed to do, then the church prospers. And so we can work together because we are functioning well. And the Holy Spirit is doing all of this work for us so that when Jesus comes to get his bride, she isn't falling apart with all kinds of health issues. That's not how the picture of the bride of of Christ is supposed to be. He's presenting the bride to himself beautiful, spotless, and blameless. And we should be pursuing that righteousness and holiness every day, seeking first the kingdom of God, because if we're going to walk worthy of the calling, we have to do it for real. And so I just want to share this with you before I allow the the panel to chime in. Um, At the start of our school year this year, uh, this semester, our head of school, he challenged us to be disciple makers. And the way that he said it was so confusing. I just couldn't wrap my brain around what he was saying. But he had this graphic where we, some of us, start off where we have, well, we all start at the same point, where we all have to be born again. And the only way for us to go from being lost to found is Jesus. And so we start off as spiritual babies where we need guidance. We need someone to pour into us. And then as we grow up, we're spiritual children where we're focused on ourselves and we're working on ourselves. And some people stop there. Some people keep growing and they become spiritual teenagers or young adults where they're kingdom focused and they want to do what pleases God and they want to do the will of God. And then there comes a point where we become spiritual adults and we help to make disciples. And we mentor people and we feed into those people, we pour into them, we guide them, we give them what they need. And then there comes another point, and this is the last point, where we're not making disciples, but we're teaching people to make disciples. And that's the last stage of the discipleship process, where no longer am I pouring into you because you need it, but now I'm showing you, okay, now this is how you go and you replicate it. This is how you go and you duplicate it. This is how you go and you make disciples. This is how you take every lesson that you've learned, every word that you read, and use that to go and evangelize. And I just think hearing it that way and seeing this graphic and this image, and I'll have to share it on Sunday somehow, just to hear that and see that, then Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is something different to me because now it's like, okay, so who am I helping to become a disciple maker? No longer am I making disciples, but who am I showing and who am I sharing with? This is how you take everything that God has done for you and you use that to evangelize, to witness, and to help other people to become disciple makers too, to go and spread that gospel to the ends of the earth. And so now I'm just going to pause and ask for the, the panel to, to chime in and, and tell me your thoughts on what you're thinking. Amen. Amen. Uh, can y'all, can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, just evangelist buzz. First of all, um, let us let us make it known uh, that she's no longer Sister Bugs, and we said it. But let's 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 put some respect on her name as she is now an evangelist, official evangelist Bugs, and we thank God for her and her husband, our newly elected deacon, uh, 
Deacon Joshua Bug. So uh, thank God for the Bugs family. This is great on tonight. And as you stated, when we talk Sunday, this is kind of you're just pretty much picking up um, where we kind of left off on Sunday um, and how significant and important it is for us not to just be a hearer of the word, but to also be a doer of the word. And God requires us to be uh, a hearer and a doer. Okay, so it's a lot of uh, a lot of people that hears the word, um, like the Pharisees and Sadducees. They describe they hear the word, they knew the word, uh, they could tell you the word, but they were not doers. They were not doers of the word. So it's so important that as we grow and mature as believers in Christ that we become doers that way that if we never get a chance to uh, testify, if we never get a chance to say anything, people can look at our lives. They can look at our lives and see that we are a follower of Christ and can tell a difference in, in their life and our life. There is, there's no way you, you are a new creature uh, as we, we preached on Sunday. There's no way if any man being in Christ is a new creature and you're you're continuously doing the same thing, you, the same habits you've had for the past five, ten years, you still have them, you're still practicing. Uh, it's not even a struggle for you. You're just practicing and you're just doing it willfully. So it, it's encouraging tonight so that, that we can understand that um, if we are in Christ, we are challenged to put off the old man, the old deeds, the old habits, the old things that we do and to put on Christ, to put on the things, the fruit of the Spirit, which is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I know a lot of want to say the evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues, but we know a lot of folk that speak in tongues and they cuss and they lie, they steal and they cheat, so you can't get me on that. I'm looking at the fruit. So thank you, Sister uh, Evangelist Bugs. You're doing a great job on tonight. God bless you. Thank you, Bishop. Um, so we're going to continue on into Ephesians four twelve through 13. It says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, I'm jumping back a little bit, going back to 12 through 13, but... I want us to see that in this verse, it's telling us that we should no longer be children to and fro, which is what we talked about in the first Bible study, um, that we're being carried away with every wind of doctrine. Um, When we are in our positions that we're called to and when we're fully equipped, the result is stability. We are firmly planted on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and everything that they have said and given us. We're not being blown away just because somebody said, well, this is what I think the Bible says. Um, And those who do not mature in this way, these are the people that are targets of deceivers who are effective precisely because they operate with trickery and cunning craftiness and they lie in wait to deceive they are out there like landmines that the mature can avoid. And the ancient Greek word for tossed to and fro is the same word used to describe the stormy sea of Galilee in, eight, in Luke 8, 24, which was the raging of the water. And we can wrongly value movement 
overgrown. Mere movement is being tossed to and fro where the church decides one day this is our mission and the next it decides, actually, no, this is our mission. Actually, no, we're going to be progressive now. Actually, no, we're promoting homosexuality. Actually, no, it's okay to be remarried after divorce. Actually, no, it's okay to do these things. And that can feel like it's making progress and growth. But God wants us to grow up in all things, and that means the entire Bible, the entire word of God. We have to grow up in that that we have been called and not be tossed to and fro. And so by the trickery of men, these words are referring to the arts used by gamesters who employ false dice that will always throw up one kind of number, which is that by which those who play with them cannot win. So when we get trapped in the conversations or arguments or doctrines, mindsets, lifestyles where the Christian never wins because you're always getting caught in your own words, stumbling over yourself, that's the kind of tricks and lies that we have to avoid when we start to believe things that are contrary to the word of God because running after spiritual fads always leaves one a loser, where you've lost time, you've lost people, you've lost ministry, you've lost, you know, a part of your own zeal and chasing after God because you're running after this fad and this fad, that we lose things when we're being tossed to and from. And so that growing up in all things into him who is the head, again, I said Jesus is the head. He is the one that controls the body. And so Another way that maturity is described is the growing up into Jesus. And, again, this is the direction of our growth of maturity. We're supposed to grow up. We're never supposed to grow independent of Jesus. We're never supposed to grow out of Jesus. We're never supposed to supersede Jesus in our own knowledge and wisdom and know more than God or know more than what the Bible says, know more than what the tradition of the church is. We're supposed to grow up into him. He is our mold. He is what holds us together. And so we should look like Jesus, and we should not be operating in our own wisdom, deceiving ourselves. But our ministry should be a continuation of what Jesus started here on earth. And in that last part of Ephesians twelve thirteen, it says, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And so the evidence of our maturing in God and our maturing in Christ is that the leaders and the saints are all doing their job. It, this is what effective working means. This means that every part and joint provides what it can supply in a coordinated effort. And when this happens, it naturally causes the growth of the body, both in size and in strength, but especially growth for building itself up in love. We're all doing what we're supposed to do. And so we all have gifts and we all have talents. Um, we all have resources available to us. I can sing. I can dance, I can lead, I can event plan, I can braid hair, I can uh, um, uh, make Bible backgrounds and hand letter. I love to do that, and I can speak Spanish. And all of these are the talents that I have that I know of so far. And all of these talents that I have and these skills that God has given me mean absolutely nothing if I'm not using them in a way that is not building up the body. 
Now, that doesn't mean that it all has to happen at church because we know that the church is not a building, but we're a body. And so our ministry is wherever we go. So wherever I go, God can use my talents how he sees fit. And I'm not using those talents and I'm not using those skills or those resources to take advantage of people or even cheat people, deceive people, or even try to get rich. I'm not using these things for my own selfish ambition, but I'm using my gifts where God calls me because I know when the time comes that it's nobody but him asking me to use my gifts to serve the needs of his people. And so the question is, am I willing to give up the glory and submit myself to him and not look for earthly reward or even earthly recognition, but instead look forward to heavenly treasure? Um, Because some people have gifts, and they don't want to use them because they want to know what are they going to get out of it now on this side of heaven. Um, If we think back to Zach's appreciation in January, um, how many people did we hear say, you know, other musicians don't play without asking for money? Zach, you were a perfect example of what humility, being a humble servant is when I was Making the video for you, I just heard the Lord say, humble servant. And all throughout that night, I just, you know, I heard God. He kept saying that you are a humble servant. And so do we have that same humility where we can say, this is my gift, and I am willing to go and serve regardless of whatever material blessing I may seek or desire. Lord, here I am, just use me. And so I wanted to add this part in, and it was just So good. Um, And it says some people think of the church as a pyramid where the pastor, with the pastor at the top, and others think of the church as a bus driven by the pastor who takes his passive passengers where they should go. And God wants us to see the church as a body where every part does its share. So I'm just going to pause and and ask you guys on the panel just to um, give us your thoughts. Um, I, I was trying to wait for someone else to, to chime in. I like mm-hmm. that he, the, the the pastor's at the top of the pyramid, or he's a bus a bus driver, which y'all know bus driver anyway, uh, taking these kids back forth to school. But that is such an important point. We all have a responsibility. We all that are part of the body have a job to do. So often and down through the years, we have relied on the pastor to do, I mean, to do more than what he, what he, should, he or she, you know, some folks got women pastors. Um, we've relied on the pastor to, you know, I mean, for stuff like what do I eat, you know, um, pastor, you know, can I go on vacation? Uh, pastor, you know, when can I get back? I mean, just Pardon my French, but just dumb stuff. That's not what your pastor is for. That's not what your pa- you you do not need your pastor's permission for to go on vacation and stuff. I mean, it, we have abused, and I'm saying this not only because I'm a pastor, but I came from a house. My father was a pastor, so I mean, just the abuse, and you know, some folks won't do certain stuff unless the pastor tell them. Listen. 
you should have a relationship with God that regardless of what your pastors say or do, you should be able to get in touch with God. You should. That was the whole, that was the whole point on the veil of a temple being rent when when at, when Jesus was on the cross to do away with us having to go through the priest or go through a mediator, a man mediator to get to God. We don't have to do that no more. Okay, Jesus is our advocate. He's our mediator. We are reconciled to God not through our pastor. You're reconciled to God through Jesus. Yes, the pastor is here and supposed to teach you and, and, and lead and guide, but that's to lead and guide you, not to himself, to lead and guide you to Christ. So, yes, we thank God for our pastors, but some, some folks have abused, you know, the pastor. No, God is, God is your everything. Okay, Jesus is the one that died for you. Okay, so let, let's be mindful of that. Yeah, we thank God for pastors and you know, but don't forget the pastor's got a family. The pastor got, got a life to live. And, you know, and some folks, you know, they'll get mad with the pastor and uh, lead the church and talk about the pastor. And the pastor, he just helped him, just prayed for him, just did whatever. So, you know, let's rely on Christ. Okay? Let's rely on Christ. And let's live for Christ. Let's live for Christ. And let's do the things that Christ has told us to do. And stop relying on man for every little detail for your life. The Holy Ghost will reveal to you, okay? Or he'll send somebody and like say, yeah, the Lord can you, yeah, he does you, pastor, but God can speak for himself as well. Evangelist Bugs. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, do you want to do by um, the offering? Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and do it while we're here. All right, tonight, uh, Tuesday night Bible study, we have two different ways that you can give on tonight as we talk about the body, how we are one, even in our finances, even in our finances. Some folks are saved everywhere except their pocketbook. They saved and got the Holy Ghost from everywhere except their bank accounts. So let's be saved everywhere. Let's 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 be cheerful, not careful givers, but let's be cheerful givers, even on spike. Um, you can give directly to our church via Cash App. Our church Cash App is dollar sign PTC eight seven seven. Once again, dollar sign PTC. That stands for Praise Tabernacle Church, and the number eight seven seven. Or, and for some that may want to give also to Extended Arms, um, the Extended Arms Ministry, that's dollar sign, Extended Arms, with no S. So dollar sign, Extended Arms, uh, Extended and then Arm, A-R-M. And whatever the tonight, we ask that you just give cheerfully. And we understand and we know that the Lord will bless you real good. All right. Service is back in the hands of the evangelist books. God bless. Thank you. Um, and so uh, um, 
you know, and hearing that bus driver metaphor, if we all are a body and we all have a part to play, you know, if our pastor is tired, if our pastor needs to step away, there should be people in the body who can help to drive the bus. There should be people in the body who know the way that we're going, who knows the direction, who knows, like, how we used to do in the olden days, because I, I barely count. I'm there. I remember in the olden days when you used to have to print your directions out on MapQuest. And you had to to be ready and have to wake up because your mama was telling you, girl, where am I supposed to turn? And you flipping through six, seven pages, they done got out of order. You don't know which page was the first to start, the end. You Somebody should be able to step in and say, okay, I know this is the direction. I know this is the way that we're supposed to be going. If we're all doing our part, then we all have that map. Um, even if we don't have to drive the bus, we can remind our pastor, we can encourage our pastor to keep going in this direction. This is the right way. I know it is because this is what the word says. And so even if it's a bus driver, we shouldn't be passive passengers. We should be active. We should be helping. We should be fueling up and refilling and restocking. We should be making sure that our pastor is encouraging that if he needs us and if he calls on us, then we should be ready. Um, so that 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 was just um, a good reminder to me. Um, and so we're gonna get into Ephesians. Uh, um, uh, make sure I tell y'all the right number. We're gonna get into Ephesians in I think this is verse 17 and 18. Yes, it is 17, 18. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Um, And so in this, therefore, this makes the connection not only with the glorious spiritual privileges laid out in Ephesians 1 through 3, but also with the high call of a unified, mature body as described in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Because of this high calling, we should walk in a different way than what the world around us does. There is a constant tendency for Christians to display to the world that we really aren't so different at all. And this is usually a misguided effort to gain the world's respect or approval. And this must be resisted at all costs because the goal in itself is both undesirable and unachievable. The principle of compromise can be illustrated by the exchange between a liberal scholar theologian and a Christian professor. The liberal agreed, I'll call you a scholar if you call me a Christian, and the trade isn't worth it. And so the whole whole theme and, and point of this message since January has been about holiness. And there's a war on holiness right now. Um, the devil has a political agenda against holiness. And being holy, holiness means being set apart from the world and following the Lord and his commandments because we are devoted to God and belong to God, not just because we're real followers and, as my cousin says, because we have fire insurance because we don't want to go to hell, but because we are devoted to God and we belong to God. Um, And so obeying God's word is not something that is common 
anymore or widely practiced as it used to be. Um, society is starting to push back and question generations of doctrine and belief openly and publicly. And so what may have been said or done behind closed dark, behind closed doors or in the dark is no longer taboo. Um, we are in the age, in the same age as the God of my fathers. In our culture, people don't know God for themselves anymore. And the more that we look at the world through the Internet and day-to-day interactions, the more we can see the Israelites when they got into their cycles of sin, when the prophets had to come and speak to them against those sins, this is how Israel got so far away from God when they fell into those cycles of sin because generation after generation knew God less as my own personal God, my own personal Lord and Savior, but he was the God of my father. He was my mom's God. That's my mom's Jesus. I grew up in church. I've always been around church. I used to have to memorize these Bible verses, and I could tell you the Lord's Prayer, but there's no personal relationship with God. And so in this, people have started living a treat-yourself lifestyle. When people are starting to live more and more the it's five o'clock somewhere lifestyle with abuse and addiction of substances, and they started to live the do what makes you happy lifestyle, be with who you want to be, doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you're in, you just as long as you're making yourself happy and doing what pleases you, then you're good. And we know the dangers and the consequences of that kind of lifestyle because that's how you start to go down the broad path instead of the narrow. And, you know, I've often wondered reading the Old Testament like, dang, there goes those Israelites again slipping into sin and slipping into disobedience, but this is how it happened. They were in this same exact predicament where the world around them started to shape and mold them, and they stopped being set apart and being stopped being God's chosen people, and they started to try to tell the world that, yeah, you know, we like that too. We're going to be influenced by the other cultures around us, and we'll worship your God, and we'll do that detestable practice. We'll sacrifice our children. We'll do all these things because, you know, we like that, and we don't want to be too different. We don't want to stand out too much. And so we have those examples of what disobedience is in the Bible, but we also have examples of people walking so closely with God that they knew God for themselves in the Old Testament before Jesus even walked the earth. And my prime example right now for tonight is Enoch. Imagine walking so closely with God that God takes you. He personally takes you from the earth. You don't die. He just takes you. And imagine how much closer we all get to walk with God when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins as Gentiles, people who are supposed to be apart from God and apart from the blessing of God, we have, because of the Old Testament law, Jesus fulfilled all of those laws so that we as Gentiles have the opportunity to walk with God and know God for ourselves. And as Pastor reminded us on Sunday, the only way to him is through his son, and he is now our God, and we are now his people. We've been grafted in. And so it's hard for us to be his people and not be like him. Um, If we proclaim that 
he is our God, then we have to notice it and we have to be aware that there's a war on being set apart and sounding different and being made in his image. The devil has an agenda against that. And so if you proclaim the gospel to the world today, then you're labeled as homophobic, misogynistic, discriminatory, and so many more negative things that the world has to say about God and who he is and what this Bible says. And because, well, so we have to ask ourselves, what do we want to do as naturally human beings? What we want to do with this gospel is we want to compromise it. Because no one wants to be canceled. No one wants to be called homophobic. No one wants to be called misogynistic or discriminatory. No one wants to receive that label. When the only label that we're trying to lift up and promote is being Christian. And so we have the tendency to want to bend or even tone down the gospel to please the people around us. But if people could look at the God who we are proclaiming is and who, what his characteristics are, what his traits are, they would see that he is an unconditional, patient, loving God. He is peace. He is unmerited grace, never-ending mercy and favor. He is forgiveness. He is a father, a friend, a doctor, a healer. He's a wonderful counselor and so much more. And so when we compromise and we tell the world, you know, it's okay, you can still live this lifestyle and be in your sin. You can still hold on to these old things, these parts of you that should have been nailed to the cross. You can still hold on to that. The world doesn't get to know the God that we know, and we don't grow up in love as a body. We don't make disciples when we water down the gospel. We make lukewarm Christians who are straddling the fence, waiting to see if the world is really going to end or not. And that's why Jesus says that no man can work. When he comes, when the world is over, when it's ending, you have to already be doing good. You have to already have been decided on whether or not you're living this life for Jesus or not. Jesus isn't coming back and giving you a few minutes to gather yourself and present yourself holy and acceptable. You don't get to put your clothes on, get right, wash your face, turn the lights on, dust clean and sweet. You're either ready when he comes or you're not. And so some of us are more afraid of losing relationships or status than we are afraid of not calling out the sin and doing it in love and proclaiming God's truth. We fear losing the human relationship more than we fear doing what God called us to in making disciples and sharing in his holiness. And so I can't say this from a point of I did it, but you did it, because I'm guilty of this. And it's not until this year that God has to show me that there's certain people in my life that I have been excusing their sin, knowing that they're believers, and I know that they're doing things that are contrary to the word of God. And it's been eating me up because when I didn't say anything, and now I'm past, I feel like I'm past the point of saying anything, I'm judging them because I'm like, oh, how can you live your life in sin? But I never called them out, and I never said anything to them in love to let them know, I'm sorry, but this is what God's word says, and it is what it is. So I personally am getting getting exposed in the areas and relationships in my life where I've chosen to accept someone else's sin instead of calling it out. And so if we aren't careful as believers, then we can end up, you know, looking at someone else's sin and judging them. Um, so I'm just going to ask for the panel, just, you know, to tell me what you hear of tonight. Uh, 
Evangelist, I would like to say, uh, first off, uh, good lesson. Can you hear me right now? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, uh, good lesson. I would say absolutely um, when it comes down to what you're going over, especially what, what Paul is is teaching right now, we got to make sure that um, when you make that change and that you're uh, walking this Christian walk and, and walking in holiness, uh, we got to make sure that we also have that, that boldness to be able to um, just to speak out and also um, be able to be a, a living witness and a testimony, you know, to others that are kind of on the same path or may not be on the same path. We just have to, uh, you know, let our light shine and uh, let people know and understand what it's like to, you know, truly follow after Christ. And, of course, um, we got to make sure that we are not doing, of course, a lot of those old things that we're talking about here um, as Paul is going over that we're not working on, you know, uncleanness, greediness, and lasciviousness. So we got to make sure that as long as we're following God, we're following Christ, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, then, of course, then, you know, we can be able to speak more about Christ uh, more boldly and be able to, you know, just be able to to be a a shining light, so to speak, right? And also, as long as we're feeding ourselves with the word and we get a better understanding, of course, then we know and continue to know that it's not it's not about us, as we said, you know, not about us. It's all about Christ, right? So if we know that, then I know that I can go say something to the next person, you know, or be able to help them as well. Now everything isn't always. Um, always great, so to speak, Christians, we do have our ups and downs and, and, and different days that we deal with stuff because we have to deal with the, some of the same things that, you know, uh, adversities that may uh, have happened in the Bible, whether it happened to Christ, happened to Paul, and things of the sort. That's why we go over Bible study often because we also um, have our levels, whether it be of, of different temptations, but it's all about making sure that you don't yield to these things and that you also continue to reach back out to another brother or sister in Christ that may be struggling so that you can help them um, again so, because we we don't get all of this for us to hold it in. You know, as a body in Christ, we got to be able to uh, be an example and show love to our, our, our neighbor. As Pastor said before, and our neighbor ain't always literally next door. You know, it could be somebody else um, in in the other neighborhood, same neighborhood, but that's our neighbor as well. So we just got to make sure that we're doing our part, and that starts with, of course, making sure that we take care of business within ourselves, and then we can be able to um, be that that light and be able to shine and help others. That's all I got. Amen. Thank you, Minister. So much. Yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, evangelist, I um, uh, I agree totally. And you, I was sitting here smiling, and I wanted to shout, but I was driving, and I I can't jump out my car and start shouting. Macho had to drive home, so. Uh, <laughs> but you brought us those were some great, I mean, awesome points, and I thought about how. I apologize. I don't know 
uh, exactly where the scripture is, but if I'm not mistaken, and I kind of hate doing that, but I, I, I believe it's the scripture that, that talks about uh, a wicked person. And if you warn that wicked person and that wicked person changes from their wickedness, then you have gained that person. You have you warned, you warned that person. But if, on the other hand, if you know a wicked person and you don't warn them, you, you don't warn them of their wickedness and their soul is lost, then you're going to be held accountable yes. for that soul. And, you know, oftentimes we, we want to we want to stay with the in crowd. We want to stay a part of the, the crew, and, and we don't want to step on no toes. Well, let me tell you, if you don't want to step on toes, then – you you in the you you in the wrong thing. You first of all, you know it's hard to to say that you are a believer, you know, in Christ. Uh, and uh, uh, let me just put it this way: maybe you just haven't matured to that point yet. But you know, the, Jesus stepped on toes. I mean, he he called folks snakes and you know vipers and I mean all kind of stuff and. You know, Jesus, I mean, if he didn't step on those, he went into the temple, and not only did he step on toe, he turned tables over and said, my father's house should be a house of prayer, but you not made it a den of thieves. He called them thieves. You know, he, you know so it, it comes to a point where, you know, and, and, and as you've been so eloquently stating tonight, we live in a generation, we live in a time where, Everybody wants to be politically correct. Everybody want to, you know, you want to, you know, be invited everywhere. You want to be a part of everything. Well, there has to be a separation. And you talked about holiness. And uh, there has to be a separate. Somebody, somebody got to stand up and cry loud and spare not. Somebody has to do it, you know, and, and, and I, Really, I choose to be one of those ones. I know I'm not the only one. I mean, we we got a panel full of, you know, we we just we just not going to bow down to just any everything. And you know, I don't care nothing about being invited to the conference and being invited to somebody's church. I'm not. I don't care about being on somebody's program. And no, I, I don't care. I can give two flips about any of that. And I don't, you know, and I don't even really have many friends. I'm a friendly person, but I'm okay. And my wife will tell you, I'm okay by myself. You know, I'm okay with my wife and children. I, I don't have to be around a lot of people. Uh, and when I get in church, you know, because I know my calling and, and I can do that, but just me, my individual self, you know, I can you know, I can be by myself and be good, me and Ice Pick, me and my sons, my daughter, and, and just I don't need a whole lot of people. I, and I said this in church the other Sunday, you know, with the 40, 50 people that, that we have, even in our current fellowship, uh, not counting who watches and who's part of the Facebook, but the 40, 50, 60 people, you know, I'm okay, and I thank God for it. I thank God for it. I've never asked for a huge church. I, I never asked me into that. Never, you know. And, and I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm okay with it. So uh, I just want to encourage y'all. I mean, listen to what the woman of God is saying. 
you know, on tonight, dare to be different, dare to be different, dare to stand on the word of God and the promises of God and watch God do the rest. I, I'll say this and I'll be through. Uh, just years of working, years of doing community service, years of uh, spending hours and money, hundreds, thousands of dollars uh, working in this community that I'm at, that I'm in, in Lawrenceville. I mean, years uh, between Decula and Lawrenceville since 1989 uh, when my father first came and we came out of Atlanta and came to Decula. And from Decula to Lawrenceville, working in ministry all these years, um, it took someone else to to see that and to recognize that and to say, you know, you deserve to be recognized. And it wasn't even a church. It wasn't a church recognition. It was just a, you know, a whole community, the whole Gwinnett County. And that was that was the second time I had been recognized back in, uh, I think it was 2007. I had even forgot about that. I had, there was an NAACP award that I had received for community service. And, you know, just a few months ago, the Gwinnett County Rotary, you know, and I had no clue about it. It was just folks seeing, and I didn't have to bow down. I didn't have to change who I was. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, the only person I know how to be is Omar. And I got three sons that's named after me, but I'm trying to set a great example for them and for my two daughters and to be, you know, the one that my wife, you know, can depend on. So, uh, Buzz, you are doing a, this has been a great, a great lesson tonight. I'm about just the growth that, that God is doing in your life just over these past few months. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Bishop. I I'm excited too. Um I I know, I know, I know I'm not who I was in August and I have said this before and I just I can't wait to see who I am in May at the end of the school year because I know that the Lord is working on me. Um and especially after this beginning of the semester and now being evangelist, I know that he's working on me to make disciples that he's calling me not to just make disciples, but to help people make disciples, to help them to then go forth and share the gospel. And so I'm looking forward to this new season, this new phase, this new reason to get up every morning because I, I can see how the dots are connecting and what the Lord is doing. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited too to see who am I going to be in May. Um, And so it's 7.58. I'm just going to say this last part here, and then we're going to have to do a part three because I haven't even touched touched the the bulk of meat of this message. So I'm going to say this part, and I'm going to have, you know, closing comments from the panel, and then we'll have to come back to part three of this message um, uh, soon. Um, So in Ephesians 4, In 17 and 18, when it's saying no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, the Gentile walk is characterized by the futility of their mind, meaning that our own man-made wisdom, it's 
can only do so much, it can only achieve so much and accomplish so much. And so in the end, this thinking and the, the wisdom that we have is futile because our understanding is darkened because Gentiles naturally are alienated from the life of God. And those of us that are saved, being holy, we are the exact opposite. We are in fellowship with God. We are a part of God, and God is a part of us, and we've been grafted into his family. We are the church. We are the bride. We are what he's coming back for. And so this is not to say that man in his rebellion against God is not capable of mighty intellectual achievements. Instead, it is to say that all such achievements fall short of true wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's coming from Proverbs 9.10. And with this word futility, we're saying that not that minds and human wisdom is empty, we're just saying that this human wisdom is filled with things that lead to nothing. And so what we as Gentiles who are saved, who believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have wisdom that leads to life. We have wisdom that leads to to harvest and bountiful harvest of life. We have a life that is no not just life but it's abundant life. We have something that leads to eternal life. Not a life that's gonna end when we take our last breath, but a life that is going to continue for all eternity with God. And that wisdom and that knowledge that we have comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And so we have a proper way and a place to walk and It's as if Jesus turned us around and put us in the right direction, and now we have to walk and progress in that direction. And what is that direction? It's the narrow way. It's the narrow gate. And like in that image when First Lady spoke, what I loved about it was that on the broad gate, it was beautiful. It was serene. It was Mediterranean. I could imagine the wind was blowing. It felt great. People were just strolling. But On the narrow gate, it was barren, it was dry, and all that you saw were the people squeezing through carrying their cross. And how many of us daily are picking up our cross and walking in that right direction to Jesus Christ, where it might not be glamorous, it might be horrible, it might mean suffering, and it might mean great pain. But what is for us on the other side when Jesus Christ comes back is a We will be a part of the wedding feast. It is eternal fellowship with God. So we as believers here on this side of heaven have to have a future outlook looking forward to what's waiting for us. And so we as a church body and a body of believers have to show the world that, you know, God's not Santa. We don't get to just sit on his lap and tell him what we want and tell him all the good things we did to deserve the items on our wish list because that's how the world treats God. We have to show the world, you know, how are we different? What is it that we know that the world doesn't? And the things that we know lead to the creator and the eternal life with him. Um, And so in that last part it says, because of the blindness of their heart, 
fundamentally the ignorance and lack of understanding of man is a heart problem. It's not a mind. There's no books that we can read. There's no seminars we can go to, TED Talks we can watch. It's our heart and our heart posture. And it is shown not only in a foolish denial of God, but also in a man's moral failures. And so the in the scripture it lists um, three things, licentiousness, uncleanness, and greediness. Um, and so I'm going to touch on those things on our next Bible study on the first Tuesday of the month, Lord willing. Um, we'll be able to come back and get into what those three things mean and how those affect us as the body of believers. So I'm going to turn the service back over to you, Bishop, and the panel, if y'all have any closing remarks. And I just thank y'all for joining us on tonight, and I hope that the Lord starts to speak to you about these ways that we can be living our life different. All right. All right. Wow. Great, great words. Matter of fact, I, I think I, I might as well let you, my Tuesday night, the fourth Tuesday, you might as well go and take that. I, I won't hear it. I won't hear it. So I, I give you my Tuesday night. Amen. The fourth of another. Whenever I supposed to be on the day. So be ready to be. Great, great word, Evangelist, Evangelist Bugs. Uh, great word. Anyone on the panel? Any final words on the panel? Um, yes, Pastor. I'd just like to say, um, first off, with this uh, lesson on the night, great lesson. Touch a lot of points all around. Uh, but, you know, just make sure I would just say to echo the what we've been talking about all on tonight, just making sure that um, as a body, we are doing what we're supposed to be doing um, at all times. And, of course, uh, making sure and understanding, you know, who we are and what we bring to the table, to the body of Christ, to be able to, you know, edify the body. And that's what it's all about, making sure that we're, we're edifying the body and making sure that we understand our walk as Christians, what we are supposed to be doing, and you know, making sure that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing at that at that um <clears throat> at that regard. So just a great encouraging word and uh can't wait to hear the next part and for us to continue to um, continue to learn and get a uh, better understanding. That's what it's all about on Bible study. Continue to get better understanding. Amen. God bless you, Mr. Tobit. God bless you. Is there anyone else on the panel tonight? All right, all right. I tell you, you you walked heavy tonight, Evangelist Bugs, and we thank God for you. And I'm asking everyone to keep her lifted in prayer. Uh, another young lady, another young family that has joined up with us, working um, to help build the kingdom of God. And we thank God for them. Thank God for the Bugs family and what God is doing in their lives. So we 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 do appreciate y'all, and we, we thank y'all for teaming up with us. And I like something that you said uh, on tonight, and I'll, and I'll be through. Um, you said about not just making disciples, but we're really working when, when we're 
disciples, but when the disciples are making disciples. So when that thing, when you have, you know, it's like when you teach your children something, then you can stand off in a distance and watch them and see what you taught them manifest, and then they produce it, and then they teach someone else. And that's how do you know when you had home training, good home training, when you go places, and your mama, mom and dad didn't have to say nothing, but they had a look. They could look a certain way, and you knew, you know, what to do, and you knew how to respond and how to act. So that's what's important, not for us just to make disciples, but to really they to see the disciples make disciples, which goes back to what we do after every service, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go ye therefore. So that, that's so important. We're, 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 there's some things in my spirit now. Uh, that we are looking at some different opportunities where uh, we can come together maybe through the week and have some type of training, uh, some teachings and some training on uh, different ways in which we can produce, you know, produce after our kind and wherever you're at on your job or whatever, knowing what to do, knowing what to say, you know, how do I do this or how do I get if they ask this question or that question or probing questions? What what can I ask them to uh, uh, never or not questions that have an ending to it where it can go on and you can get to your certain point? So we're praying about that, and we got we got uh, some of the members that opening up their homes and. You know, I told some on Sunday, you know, that's the way the first church was. The early church, they went house to house. And and we're looking at that as well as just maybe house to house uh, through the week uh, where we can do some hands-on. I stated Sunday, one of the other members of church had some questions. uh, You know, just instead of giving the answers, I, you know, encouraged this member to look into it, look into it, and, they went to digging, and saying the word became alive, and and you you really not doing it until it becomes alive to you. So that's what we want to do. So just be in prayer for us. Thank y'all for tuning in on tonight. We want to thank Elder Oliver. We heard that he was in the hospital uh, last oh. week. And so we we thank God that uh, he's he's out and praying for him. We thank God for this opportunity. Uh, I think it's been almost four years now, uh, close to four years that we've been on Chaos Blog Talk. So, at all, we appreciate you, man. So, we're going to get ready to leave here. Meet us Tuesday, uh, Sunday morning. Lawrence Will, meet us Sunday morning at 275 Simonton Road Southeast in Lawrenceville, Georgia, 30045. Remember, our Sunday service starts at 845. Youth Sunday coming up. Um, which would be spearheaded by my lovely wife, should be bringing the message. So meet us, those that can, Sunday morning, find us on Facebook. Thank you as we leave this place, but never get present. Pray that your angels of protection will encamp around about us and that you will continue to be Lord in our life. Help us to share this gospel wherever we may go, this glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we leave this place, remember your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, tells us to go ye therefore. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things.
whatsoever, whatsoever I, have commanded, I you. have commanded you, and lo, and I am with you always, even unto the, the end of the, of the world. world. Amen. Amen. God bless. Who is that? Who is that? Repeat that. Who is that? Hey, that was, can you hear me? Who is that? Is that Sister Tober? Mm. No, that's not my wife. That's someone else. All right, all right. Hey, somebody else. I don't know who it is. Sister Kenya. <laughs> Sister Kenya. You can hear yes, me? Sir. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess y'all all live. I, Mother Jones was on earlier. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm still. Uh, Mama Jones is still on. I'm still on. Hey, Mama Jones. Hey. I everybody, everybody on the night. God bless you. Oh, how's Dad Jones doing? Uh, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Evangelist is sending us the um, sending us the link so we could get on. Okay, well, awesome, awesome. It was good to see y'all Sunday. So, yeah, you was on. Look, me and you were talking earlier. I was like, Sister Jones. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> then I thought about it. I was like, maybe it's Mother Jones. Mother and Dad Jones. Yeah. Okay, well, glad to have Look, All right, well, great then. That, that, that's great. That's great. So glad to have all of y'all tuned in. Normally they mute everybody, but we're, we're glad to <laughs> glad to have all y'all in. So our Bible study is growing. Thank y'all so much. Listen, y'all have a great week and Lord's will. Y'all come on out Sunday morning and we'll look to see everybody Sunday morning. Y'all have a great week. Good night, yeah, everybody. Yeah, we will definitely Amen. be there. God bless. All right. All right. God all right. bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow.